Welcome to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. So it all comes down to this. Number one, Alabama. Number three, Georgia. In Indianapolis, Indiana, Lucas Oil Stadium, we will indeed have a national champion. You know, a lot of people say they're tired of Alabama, seeing them in the championship game, but they prove to be that team every single year. And another one of those top-tier teams, Georgia, they're starting to find themselves in this playoff picture every single season as well. I'm super excited to get it started. I know you guys are as well. Take a listen to my guy, Chris Taylor. He's originally from Jonesboro, Georgia, a lifelong Georgia Bulldogs fan who happens to reside in Dothan, Alabama. I had a chance to talk to him and hear his thoughts on how he feels about his Bulldogs going into this rematch between the number one Crimson Tide and the number three Georgia Bulldogs. Chris, welcome to the sweet spot, man. How are you doing today? Doing great, Corey. How about you? Doing well, man. Doing well. We got a huge game on our hands Monday night, Georgia, Alabama. Here we go again, man. What are your initial emotions once you think about this game and everything that comes in uh, between these two teams when they match up? Well, it's a kind of a mixed bag, to be honest with you, Corey. I'm, I'm definitely excited that we've put ourselves in a position to be able to play for the national championship. Um, a little anxious, you know, because of mm-hmm. what happened with the SEC championship. But overall, just excited to, to be able to go at it again with Alabama tomorrow. Man, you know, I was watching that uh, Michigan-Georgia game, and honestly, I thought that was going to be uh, – I thought it was going to be a really good game. I thought it was going to come down and, you know, the winner would – probably take it by seven, ten points. But Georgia dominated that matchup from start to finish. I mean, what did you see in Georgia's dominance in their performance against Michigan? Well, I tell you, I was a little nervous going into that game, especially since our last game had been the SEC championship and didn't really know what to expect after watching the Michigan-Ohio State game. Mm -hmm. Um, But, man, I was impressed all the way around. I thought our offense and our defense – both looked really good, and, and the team really answered the call and came out and played, I thought, a great game. So I was pleasantly surprised with how well we responded in that game. You know, in that post-game interview, Nicobe Dean, he kept reiterating the fact that they were focusing on getting better. You know, ever since the SEC championship lost to Bama, they were focusing on getting better every single day going into that game against Michigan. How would you say the team – in general, improved from that SEC championship loss to Michigan and until now. What did you see that was different? Well, I, I think they obviously came ready to play. In the game against Alabama, I don't know if it was our preparation or theirs, but we just kind of looked shell-shocked, especially in that first half. And the the, the uh, Michigan game, we came out focused. Mm-hmm. I thought we were on top of the our game on both sides of the ball and uh, looked like the guys were really – really looking to prove a point, and I think they did just that. So, man, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Georgia signal caller Stetson Bennett. You know, I've had my reservations about him as well. Now, first, give me your confidence level in him. Like, on a scale of 1 to 10, give me your confidence level first, and then elaborate why you gave him that number. Well... Against Alabama or everybody else? (laughs) (laughs) In in general. 
Right. Well, you know, he's done a great job for our team this year, and I think he's kind of gotten a little bit of a bad rap. You know, my confidence level, I would have to say, since I know the opponent is Alabama, is about a six. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I say that is, you know, he played a great game against Michigan, and he's done great for us all year. But against Alabama, you know, he obviously had some struggles. And I think Georgia fans have always just worried about his ability at that highest level against the toughest competition. What is he going to be able to do? And I think that's where that hesitation and fear comes in when we know it appears he's our guy, you know, through through all four quarters, and that always gives us a little bit of anxiety, I think. Now, do you think he's a championship-level quarterback? Are you uh, comfortable by saying that, or um, do you think it just he, just he has to do it first? I think he has to do it first. I mean, for me, I think if we play a great game, you know, he can kind of keep us from losing it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if he can – if he can carry us to a victory in the fourth quarter, if we're down, can he be the guy? I'm just, I don't have that confidence level based on what I saw a few weeks ago. You know, I've always said the same thing as well. I believe Stetson Bennett is a game manager. Like you said, if if you're up 10 with four minutes left in the game, he can hold on to that lead. He's not going to do anything silly to cost you the game. But if he's down 10 with four minutes left, I just don't see him being that game-changing, that game-breaking type quarterback that you would need. Now, obviously that remains to be seen, but that's how I've felt with Stetson Bennett going into this Alabama National Championship game. Now, your question, your answer may be the same to this question, but what concerns you most about Georgia's team is it Stetson Bennett? Is there? Is it the secondary? Like, what is it about this year's Georgia team that concerns you going into this matchup against the Crimson Tide? Well, I think it's probably a little bit of both of those. The secondary, for sure, and I'm no football expert, Corey, but, you know, you can ask my boys earlier in the season against specifically Missouri and Tennessee, there were a couple of times where we got beat deep, but the quarterback just couldn't get the ball to the guys probably because we put so much pressure on him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, those are the types of plays that a great quarterback is going to burn us on. And I think when you've got Bryce Young in Alabama, that's exactly what you've got. So secondary is definitely an area of concern. And then like we talked about before, just Stetson, if this is a close game going into the fourth quarter, you know, he just hasn't been tested. You know, he's had a comfortable lead in every game this year with the exception of that Alabama game. And I just I think me and probably most Georgia fans are just leery of that situation if it arises. Man, you couldn't have said it any better, man. Uh, you know, I looked at Georgia's schedule and looked at some of the QBs they faced throughout the year. And like you said, they never had to face really a good quarterback. I mean, K.J. Jefferson probably was probably the best for Arkansas. He was probably the best uh, QB that they faced all year, and that's not saying a lot. KJ's solid. He's not great, right. but he's solid. And, you know, they shut out that Arkansas team. So for Bryce Young, um, you know, the way that he dominated the SEC championship game was 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 very apparent on why he ended up winning the Heisman. Like, they could have just gave him the trophy after that game. That's how good he was all year long. So um, this second time getting a look at Bryce Young, we'll see – what Kirby Smart has cooked up for this national championship match, this rematch, I should say, between these two programs. Now, I mentioned Kirby Smart, but going back to former head coach Mark Rick, he had this to say. 
he said, first of all, you've got to get in those games. Once you get in those games long enough, you'll eventually win one. So, Chris, tell me, man, what will it take for Kirby to finally come out on top and get a win over Nick Saban? Well, that's a great question, Corey. You know, I, I watch every time Nick Saban and one of his teams goes in at halftime and they interview him, and he always talks about adjustments, making adjustments. And he always comes out in that second half, and he's made some type of adjustment in whatever situation he's in. And I think that's one area maybe we're on the field. Kirby is not as strong. Well, he's definitely not as strong as, as Nick Saban is. And I think he's going to have to coach – 60 minutes, the best game of his life. I think we prepare well. We've obviously seen that. We can we can jump out with a lead on him multiple times, but can we finish that game? And I think that in-game coaching is something that we're going to have to be spot on with if we're going to have a chance to pull out the victory tomorrow night. Well, you heard it there first from my guy Chris Taylor. Not Los Angeles Dodgers Chris Taylor. like That's my favorite Dodger, by the way. But, man, this guy Chris Taylor knows his stuff. We've had a few conversations off air, and he definitely knows not just Georgia football, but football in general. So uh, you've been listening to my guy Chris Taylor share his take on Georgia as they look to claim their first national title in 41 years. Chris, man, promise me if the Bulldogs win the championship, Promise me that you'll come back on and give me one of those bulldog barks, man. I've been in Athens. I've been in that stadium, man. And promise me you'll come back on and give me one of those loud bulldog barks that you guys do, man. Without a doubt, Corey. Be looking forward to it. Go dogs. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like big green eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool Patio and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan. Our phone, 334-671-POOL. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones. Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Ridgecrest Baptist Church proudly supports all local athletics. At Ridgecrest, we have many opportunities for all ages, including children, middle school, high school, and college students. I'm Chase Fault, the student pastor, and I want to invite you to see how your family might fit in at Ridgecrest. Learn more on our website at rbcdothan.org. Welcome back to the Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinchapenny Pool Patio Spa. I'm your host, Corey Bradley. In this segment, I'm going to do a breakdown between the two teams, what they do well, what they don't do well, because we know... These are two very evenly matched teams. They're clearly the best two in the country. And the gap between two and three, as we saw, number three, Georgia, number two, Michigan, uh, I didn't expect that at all. But it's the reason why we keep seeing Georgia and Alabama in this position year in, year out. They're clearly two of the best, what, four or five programs in the country every single year. So here we are looking at Georgia. 
some of their strengths. We know their front seven is amazing. Number 99, Jordan Davis, plugging up the middle. Uh, N'Kobe Dean in that linebacker core. You know, anytime I talk about Georgia, I always have to start out with N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis because that's where everything begins. I mean, Davis, everything starts with him on that line. N'Kobe Dean in that linebacker core, they both will be first-round picks and will have amazing careers, I believe. That front seven, it's the best in the country, hands down. Next, one of their strengths is their amazing freshman tight end, Brock Bowers, this kid from Napa, California. This is another future first-round pick whenever he does become draft eligible. Like, Brock Bowers is a stud, and we saw that in that previous matchup that they had against Alabama in the SEC championship game. You know, Alabama couldn't do anything with Brock Bowers in that entire matchup. I mean, Bowers basically had his way with that entire Crimson Tide defense. Bowers had 10 catches for 139 yards and one touchdown. 16 targets. Like, the next closest receiver or player that's eligible to catch passes for Georgia as far as target goes was James Cook. And we know that's his role, playing running back. He's more of a uh, passing down back. He can make plays in the backfield and wheel routes and things of that nature. So Brock Bowers had 16 targets in that first matchup against Alabama. The next closest was James Cook with six. So Bowers, we know that's a huge advantage that Georgia has. Anytime you have an excellent tight end and on any level, whether it's high school, college, or NFL, that gives you a leg up over your opposition. And that's what Georgia definitely has with Bowers at tight end. Another strength, or another plus, I should say, for them is they get another opportunity at this. I mean, how many times can you say you lost to a team and you get a chance to see them again in the same college football season? And not only do the Bulldogs get a chance to see them in the same season, but they get a chance to see them in the biggest game that matters most. We know what happened back in 2011 when LSU beat Alabama 9-6, to only to have to play them again in the national championship and lost 21-0. to So beating a team twice in one season is a very tall task. Regardless of how good your team is, that other team knows what you do well and knows what you want to do and how you want to do it and when you want to do it also. So that's a huge plus for Georgia that they get another crack at this Crimson Tide team to beat them in the game that matters most. Like, who cares if they lost in the regular season, if they win the national championship? Just like in Georgia and Auburn, when Auburn beat Georgia a few years ago, only for Georgia to come back and beat them in the SEC championship game, like, who really won that that rivalry that year? It would be Georgia because they won the second matchup that mattered most. Now, when I look at Georgia's negatives, I don't have many. But it got to start with Stetson Bennett. It has to start with him. I mean, you heard me talk with Chris Taylor and how I talked about Bennett being a game manager. He's not a game changer by any means. He's not a game breaker. Like, if you're down by 10 with four minutes left to go, he's not the guy you want to to drive you down for two scores and a chance to tie it or go ahead and win it. Now, if you're up 10 late in the game, he's not going to do anything silly and blow – uh, blow the game for you by making careless or you know errors or mistakes or anything of that nature. So Bennett is actually perfect for the way Georgia is designed to play. Like we know Kirby, he's a defensive guy. Their defense is amazing. They want to run the ball with their four running backs that they have. But 
if they ever get down, which they haven't been down much at all. I mean, they gave up a total of 83 points going into the SEC championship game before Bama erupted for 41 in that game. But they haven't trailed much, which actually plays, and that's where Bennett is actually a good fit for this team. But if they ever get down by a team who can outscore them, not many has done that. But we've seen Bryce Young already light them up for 41 points. So if they ever get in any kind of trouble, that's where Alabama can take full advantage over Stetson Bennett and his weaknesses. And, you know, speaking of that SEC championship game, the first matchup between these two teams, Bama went up 31 to 17 with 13-10 left in the third quarter. From that point on, from that point on, 13-10 left in the third quarter, Stetson Bennett threw the ball 36 times, which included two INTs and one was a pick six. So, like I said, you do not want Bennett to have to throw the ball. Look, he I don't want him throwing the ball 26 times, honestly, but he had to throw the ball 36 times from the 13-10 mark in the third quarter. He ended up with 48 total, and this is what I'm saying. They're down two touchdowns. This isn't even late in the game. This is the third quarter just began. They're down two touchdowns. They have, they're have they having to air it out a little bit more than they like, and Stetson Bennett threw two picks in those 36 attempts. So that's where the concern lies for Georgia. As for Alabama, when you look at their strengths, some of their pluses, you have to start with Bryce Young. Heisman Trophy winner, 46 touchdowns, five interceptions, and his first season as a starter. And I'll be honest, I had my reservations about this guy coming into the season. You know, I really thought that it would take some time for that offense to get clicking and the defense would kind of take over early. And it was the exact opposite. I mean, Bryce Young hit the ground running and has not looked back. Like, they didn't even need to have the ceremony in New York for the Heisman Trophy winner uh, award. All they had to do was, after the SEC Championship game, go ahead and have that moment as the game concluded and just give the trophy to Bryce. Like, there was no need to even go through the formality of having finalists and all that. We knew Bryce Young would win that award. Now, everything starts with him. I mean, you have him as your QB. You're in every ball game, regardless of how the rest of your team looks. Bryce Young is that special. Now, another part of their strengths is they have a healthy Brian Robinson now. Like, in that first matchup against Georgia, he was banged up with an ankle injury. And, you know, he played solid. He played solid enough. But now he is more than capable to to carry this Bama backfield that's been so banged up throughout the entire season. And in that first matchup against Georgia, Robinson had 16 carries for 55 yards. And I know Georgia's front seven uh, is amazing. Nobody runs on them, and, and that is true. But this Alabama offensive line, that goes to my next point, I feel like their offensive line has been playing their best ball over their last couple games against Cincinnati, against Georgia. That front seven didn't have a single sack against Bryce Young. I mean, there's no way you could have told me going into that matchup that Georgia would not have at least one sack. Now, that may change Monday night, which I probably, it's safe to say that it will, that Georgia will have at least one sack. But this offensive line play has been great. As I mentioned, 
the holes that they created in that Cincinnati matchup when Brian Robinson had 26 carries for 204 yards. I mean, it was pure domination. Like, Bryce Young didn't have to do much, even though that Cincinnati secondary is pretty amazing. He didn't have to do much because the offensive line was so great and Robinson was so tough in his running style which he always is like he's not a guy that's going to break one for 52 yards or 69 yards not even 44 yards but he's going to pound you and get six and get two and get eight and get ten and get three and get five like that's what they did and that's his running style he is just a bruising back that you hate to have to tackle like I said 204 yards against that Cincinnati front that will not happen against Georgia I promise you that but Having him healthy and having a healthy offensive line is another strong point that this Crimson Tide team has. Now, their negatives. Their negative, a huge negative, is John Mechie going down with his ACL injury that he suffered in their first matchup against Georgia. I mean, Mechie is a very talented receiver, as we know. Jameson Williams is the best on the team. But Mechie is a close second, and I've gone and put it on record and saying that Mechie will actually be the best receiver on Georgia's team this year. That's how good he is, and that's kind of a, a one of Georgia's um, weaknesses, I guess you could say as well. But Mechie being out, this is a guy that had 96 catches, 8 touchdowns for 1,142 yards. Not having him is a huge concern for this Crimson Tide team because Jamison Williams, as special as he is and as electric as he is, Mechie being out allows this Georgia secondary to double-team Jamison Williams, to bracket him, have a corner playing underneath, a safety over the top, which forces somebody else, another receiver for this Alabama team, to have to make plays. If it's not Jamison Williams, who is it going to be? Is it going to be Slade Bolden? Is it going to be Treshawn Holden? Is it going to be Jahori Brooks? What about one of the tight ends? Is it going to be Billingsley? Is he going to finally make a name for himself this year? Cameron Latu, who's going to be that guy to step up for this Crimson Tide team? Their other negative is similar to what the pluses was for Georgia. Georgia has another opportunity at this team Unfortunately for Bama, they got a team that is hungry and that wants to not only beat you because you're Alabama, but help their coach get out that 0-4 snide that he has had against Nick Saban. So a negative for Alabama is they have to play this rematch. This is a, another opportunity to play a team that's just as good as you are and a team that has given you fits in every matchup the previous four times, I mean, when I say fits, Georgia has led in each one of those games. Yes, they lost each one, but they led in each one of those games as well. So Alabama having this rematch. You know, I had this talk with my friend Blair Campbell the other day, and we were just talking about how, you know, he plays every morning basketball with a group of guys, and that's five days a week. He said, when you play somebody five days a week, you know their tendencies, their strategies, what they like to do, when they like to do it, how they're going to do it, where they do it. You know them inside and out. And that's so accurate. And so when you look at Georgia and Bama, yes, they seem like they play every other, uh, play each other every year. Um, but you look at the matchup between the coaches, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart. Nick knows what Kirby wants to do, what he likes to do. Kirby knows what Nick wants to do and what he likes to do. So that's where it becomes... 
it's a chess match, but man, these two guys know exactly what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. You may throw a wrinkle in there every now and then, but you eventually come back to who you are and your blueprint and your thumbprint as a coach. Now, when we return from a break from our local sponsors, I will close this episode with my keys to the game for both teams and then finish with a prediction who I believe will be this year's 2021 national champion. Care Animal Center is a local business partner of The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. Their goal has always been to assemble a team that is dedicated to providing quality veterinary services for their clients' pets. Care Animal Center offers surgical, dental, medical, and pet wellness programs for that furry member of the family. Their website is careanimal.net. Care Animal Center, 3454 West Main Street in Dothan, 334-794-6333. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa is the introduction sponsor for The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley. More than just a full-service pool and supply company, they offer backyard entertainment options like Big Green Eggs, clear light infrared saunas, and patio furniture. Locally owned and operated by Jason and Amy Sharp. Pinch a Penny Pool, Patio, and Spa, 1435 Westgate Parkway in Dothan, or phone 334-671-POOL. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than thinking about retirement. But if you think your retirement deserves more attention, I can help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Greg Wakefield. Stop by our office at 5630 West Main Street in Dothan. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. RLC Shirts is a family-owned and operated custom apparel and gift business. Providing custom printing and embroidery, RLC Shirts can help with no minimum order. Phone 334-899-4339 or online rlcshirts.com. Welcome back to The Sweet Spot, sponsored by Pinch a Penny Pool Patio Spa. As we close this episode with keys to the game, beginning with Georgia, for them, my first key for them is they need to start fast and stay fast. They can't dig a big hole. You heard me talk about some of the numbers with Stetson Bennett, the previous matchup against Alabama. They're down 31-17, 13-10 left in the third quarter. And from that point on, Stetson Bennett threw the ball 36 times. He is not that guy that you want to throw the ball 36 times in a game, period. Like I said, that was only from the 13-10 mark in the third quarter throughout the rest of the game. And he ended up throwing two picks, one which included to be a pick six. So they need to start fast and stay fast. You heard me talk about how they get leads. They've had a lead in every matchup between Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, but they've blown that lead. So start fast is imperative for them, but they need to stay fast, keep the pedal to the metal, keep scoring. That defense is great, but Bryce Young and Jameson Williams will break out eventually and get points, especially Young. Even if he can't get to Williams, he'll get to somebody else. So for Georgia, they need to start fast and stay fast. Next for them, their wide receivers need to lead. I mean, this is a group that has, in my opinion, kind of of underwhelmed. I know George Pickens has been hurt. He recently came back a few games ago. Their first matchup against Alabama, the receivers combined for nine catches and 124 yards. Jamison Williams had seven catches for 184 yards and two touchdowns by himself. So I know they don't have a Jamison Williams in Athens, 
but they need more production from their receivers, whether it's Mitchell or Jackson or Burton or Pickens or McConkey. They need their receivers to step up. And why do I say that? I say that because Alabama will adjust to Brock Bowers. Bowers is not going to have that game that he had in his previous matchup where he had 10 catches for 139 yards and a touchdown. That's not going to happen this go-around. I promise you Nick Saban will make adjustments, and Bowers will – he may be a factor. Not saying they're going to take him out of the game completely, but he is not going to go off and erupt for the game that he had in their first matchup. So Georgia needs their receivers. They need their receivers to lead. I mean, even in Michigan, they combined for seven catches for 122 yards. And that includes Burton's 57-yard touchdown. So their receiving core, they're going to have to make plays. They can't put it all on their running game. and They can't expect Brock Bowers to be the lone target in the receiving game as well. My final key for Georgia is their secondary. They have to make plays. I mean, they haven't faced any good QBs really until they face Bryce Young. And... Like I said, the defense is great, and you heard me talk about it with Chris in the interview. The best quarterback they faced before Bryce Young was K.J. Jefferson for Arkansas, and he's not the best QB. He's decent. He's solid. But Bryce Young is elite. So that's why we saw that 41-point eruption in the SEC championship game is, for one, Georgia hadn't been tested like that until they got into a Bryce Young. So here they go again, having to play this, this, this guy twice. This Georgia secondary, I know Darion Kendrick had two picks against Michigan. They're going to need to make plays. They may not shut out Jameson Williams completely, but they definitely need to contain him, knowing that there's no John Mechie on the opposite side. So my final key for Georgia is that secondary. They have to make plays in this game if Georgia wants to indeed become the national champion. My first key for Alabama is they need to keep Bryce clean and nice. And what do I mean by that? They have to make sure that O-line keeps Bryce Young upright. I mean, he cannot be getting hit around. I mean, I've never seen this guy get flustered. I've never seen this guy get rattled. I think that's, to me, that's the most impressive aspect that he has. I mean, he's super talented in the passing game, obviously, but just the fact that he's always composed. So they need to protect Young at all costs. Don't let them get hit by this Georgia front seven. Don't let them get banged around. And, you know, obviously you don't wish for anybody to get hurt. So the best way to do that is keep your QB from getting hit. So this O-line, they need to make sure they keep Bryce clean and nice throughout the entire game. My next key for Alabama, and you heard me allude to this earlier in the show, someone has to show up and grow up. And this is specifically catered toward that receiving core. John Mechie's out. Jameson Williams can't do it by himself. They need somebody to show up and grow up. Whether it's Slade Bolden, Ja'Cory Brooks, Treshawn Holden, Cameron Latu, Billingsley. I mean, they need somebody to show up and grow up, make plays for Bryce Young. I promise you, I know that Georgia secondary is going to double-team Williams, so somebody else has to make plays. They have to consistently be a reliable option for Bryce Young whenever he drops back and passes. So if I had to 
take one of those guys and say this is the receiver that's going to show up and grow up, I'm going to go with Slade Bolden. I think Slade is going to make some plays. He's a sleeper in his offense, but he's super reliable. So watch for Slade Bolden against his Georgia Bulldogs defense. My final key for Alabama is minimize penalties, specifically on defense. And when I say penalties, I mean Alabama is 99th in the country in the penalties per game, 99th. And I know this isn't really foreign to Nick Saban's teams. I mean, uh, he's had teams that usually are uh, one of the worst when it comes to penalties per games for some reason, whether it's penalties or penalty yardage, but they're 99th. And you're saying, okay, Alabama's still great regardless of how many penalties they have or penalty yardage per game. Georgia is 26th. And we all know how critical penalties can be. I mean, certain times of the game, especially late in the game, or it's third and 12 and you get a penalty and you give a fresh set of downs to the opposing team. So, Bama, they need to minimize penalties. And I say specifically on defense. Like, I think this defense can hold Georgia's offense in check for the most part. But anytime you give any solid offense with the talent that Georgia has on that side of the ball, you give them multiple chances and keeping that defense to have to get another four and out or have to get another stop, have to get another stop, eventually that could wear on a defense. That could be deflating to momentum as well. And like I said, Alabama's 99th in the country. They had 11 penalties against Auburn, one by two in four overtimes. They had 11 against Florida, one by two. They had nine against LSU, one by six, 20 to 14. So this team, this Alabama Crimson Tide team, they cannot afford to have penalties in the 9, 10, 11 penalty range and beat this Georgia team. Georgia's very sound, so they don't commit many mistakes or many errors. So Bama needs to make sure that they minimize the penalties, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Now, in conclusion, before I share my prediction, who I believe will win, I did an Instagram poll, and I put it out there asking fans who they thought would win the 2021 National Championship. 68% said Alabama, 32% said Georgia. Now, I know those numbers are more than likely inflated since I am living in Dothan, Alabama. In this state, you would expect that Alabama would be heavily favored, obviously, by doing that poll on Instagram. And, you know, when it comes to my prediction, I used to say, I could never go against Nick Saban. Like I would always say, like, man, if Nick's if Nick's coaching, I'm not picking against him ever. Like, not saying that nobody can beat him, but I'm not gonna say they're gonna lose. I'm not gonna say Nick's gonna lose. And I used to say that. That used to be my saying. Well, now that's shifted. This time my logic is I can't go against Bryce Young. I cannot go against Bryce Young. Alabama will win this game. And for my final score prediction, I'm going Alabama 30, Georgia 16. Um, You know, Bama, they're going to score regardless of who they play against. They're going to put up points. And my concern for Georgia is their secondary and also the play of Stetson Bennett. 
like I said, he's perfect for the way they want to play, the way Georgia wants to play. But at some point, they're going to be trailing, and that does not fit Stetson Bennett's game at all. So I'm going Bama, 30-16, three touchdowns, three field goals. Georgia will be threatening to score late. Uh, they'll come up just short, either a pick or a turnover on downs. I'm going to go with turnover on downs. But I'm going Bama to win 30-16, to and they will definitely repeat as national champions yet again. For more content, subscribe to Corey Bradley Sports. Once you search Corey Bradley Sports, you will see the Sweet Spot logo. And after you subscribe, you will receive notification anytime new content is uploaded. The Sweet Spot with Corey Bradley can be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts as well. And always remember, there's nothing better than being in the Sweet Spot.